And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have, first of all, respect. The second one is commitment. The third one, passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable. Hello and welcome into the Non-Negotiables podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm here tonight with Justin. How are you doing, Jazz? Hey, Gav. Hello, mate. All right. So we lost to Lons on Tuesday night. Um, I think everyone kind of, we lose our shit for like 12 hours, don't we? And then I think this one was a very easy one just to move on from because of what's coming up on Sunday, basically. Um, it just kind of, it, it never seemed like the main event, did it? No, definitely not. Um, I think we all knew or were um, preparing for this Manchester Manchester City game. And um, yeah, this definitely wasn't the result we wanted going into that game, right? No, and you know, I said before a, a couple of weeks ago um, that before both Manchester City games last year we kind of lost our shit a little bit um before the first one was when we got beat at goodison um and that all you yep. know all went to shit and then what was the was it it was brentford wasn't it brentford at home. yep so we yep. kind of lost our shit a bit there and then before the second game it was the draws against liverpool west ham and southampton yep. so we kind of did that and you know, in the draw against Spurs, it just worried me it was going to happen again. And and I kind of had a lot of them fears allied by the win against Bournemouth, right? It, it was kind of like, oh, we're 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 back, we're um, you know, we're we're okay now. And then this performance against Lons was I mean, it was a dreadful performance. Yeah, it was really, really dreadful. Um good word. I I don't know where things went so wrong, to be honest. I mean, I know, I know we have some, um, some, some injuries to a lot of the first team, but I mean, this was just like shockingly bad, Gav. I thought, like, yeah, I mean, I mean, oh, really though, mate, who were we, who were we really missing? Like from that starting lineup, it's only Martinelli. Like that was as strong a team as we could have put out there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, the lineup, you're right. But I mean, I know Saka, he wasn't he wasn't full. Um, you know, then you have like some of the other people that Arteta's been coy about, you know, um, with injuries. So I I I just I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just giving them an excuse. And factually, we should have just done better. I kind of feel like we said on Monday, you've got to play the game and not the occasion because we knew that how up for it Lons were going to be and, and how much that stadium was going to be rocking. And I feel like we basically played the occasion. I feel like we let it get frantic. We let it get quick. I mean, I, I text you very, very early in that game and said, this feels like a scrappy 1-1. It's just you so, it, it's so out of control. And, I mean, it ended up being a being a two one defeat, but it, the game played out exactly as the first five minutes said it would. It was frantic. It was people giving the ball away. It was there was no, you know, we've used the word control a lot this season, and mm-hmm. there was absolutely no control in that performance. 
Well, um, Gav, I mean, why do you think that is? You know, like, uh, like, what, what is it? I think we got wrapped up in the occasion. I think we let the atmosphere get to us. I thought the adrenaline was pumping and we got fast, basically. We did everything too quickly. There was a couple of little spells where we got the ball down and played, but in the main, it was it was like ping pong. It was like hot potato from one team to the other. Everyone was good. Because Lons were no better than us. Don't come away thinking that Lons put in some great performance and deserved to win. They were awful, but we were equally awful and they took their they took their two chances they didn't it's not like they had a lot of chances they took their chances great i think yeah. like you know yeah, well, I, yeah, they did they yeah, did they, I were, two, they the... were two beautiful goals beautiful finishes yeah, beautiful goals yep uh so i mean yeah they they really lucked out there i think or well not lucked out but you know what i mean they benefited yeah we've um, yeah. so i was talking to pass on Thursday, maybe Wednesday or Thursday, we were talking, and um, he was, and he'll tell you more about this when he when he joins in the second half. But he, he's he is not pleased with Kai Havertz at all, and I was kind of, and I know you're not either. Yeah, I know, I know and, and none of us are. But go, going, I'm not pleased with him going forward. But defensively, I think he's been pretty good. Um, he was yeah, he won he won every header that went up yep. into our box, and I, I thought strategically he, he was pretty good. But you know, Pass he's, Pass said to me, "Well, I don't think he's very good defensively," and I kind of understand what he means because he's not doing. You can't see a lot of the defensive work he does because a lot of it is where he's moving and forcing people into di- taking different routes and different passes rather than because we've adapted our play from this year, right? From, yeah. from last year. So we don't, we basically, we, we're not creating as much at all. And I think that's a worry that we're not creating. And part of it is the way that Havertz is playing that role. And he's obviously being told to play it that way. I believe I read his touches per game are about 13 less than Granite Xhaka's was last year. And Granite Xhaka last year was very, very reduced in touches from years before just because of where he played. But Havertz is even further down on that. His progressive passes are lower than Xhaka's. I think we can all see, to me, he's not as good a footballer as Xhaka. But I thought defensively, he was pretty good. And I think all season, really, we've been pretty good. But we, we just seem to get punished to the max for... Everything, every little chance we give up, we seem to get punished to the max. Yeah, you know, it's actually a really weird thing. It's like um, when you look at our uh, XG against versus... It's it's the, in, in the Premier League, I can only talk to the Premier League. But, but in Sorry, the, yeah, no, no, but I can, I can only talk to the Premier League because I haven't seen the numbers from Champions League. But in the Premier League, I believe that we are the second lowest xg against to man city and i think there's basically nothing in it i think it's like 0.31 to 0.33 per game or something like that yeah i think i've seen yeah like like there is basically nothing in it yet we just seem to it just seems like every half chance he's he's going in against us at the minute and that's what i was saying to paz when he was saying about we he was saying we we're so open in midfield and, and i just don't see that that's the case like i don't think that is what's happening if you look at the goals against us if you take out the goals if we forget the lens game and just look at the premier league at the minute yeah nottingham forest was a corner spurs was what was spurs it was a corner 
and it was the um, the sun goal where Saka was yeah. doing God knows what going for a, a wander down the other side. What are the other goals we've conceded this season? There was um, Fulham was a corner and Saka's horrendous error, the, the back pass. So these goals that we're conceding, we are not being torn apart. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like there's some... There's, it's there's, error on our part. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. all kind of stupid things. It's not that teams are, yeah. are, are running through our midfield. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel the same way, honestly. Yeah, um, and it was kind of the same again the other night. I mean, we had the we had the Raya giveaway for their first goal, right? And it was a brilliant finish from the guy, but it started with, with Raya giving it away. Um, the second goal was the one-two down our left um, that completely that that completely did Zinchenko. He went in on the first one on the one-two and couldn't get back. Um, and and maybe you know he hasn't played that long in a game for God knows how long. This season he's been off at seventy minutes every game, and that was yeah. what seventy-eight minutes in or something. Yeah, um, yeah. So so we had some you know. And, that's kind of how it's been going for us. But our goal as well, we, you know, it was it was Saka nicking it halfway inside their half, playing it to Jesus and a, a fantastic finish. So our goal was the same. But that that's the bit that concerns me more. It's not the conceding, it's the fact that our goals also are all penalties or corners. Do you know what I mean? Like we're not creating an awful lot. Well, I, I sent that uh, statistic to you and you and Paulus a couple of days ago about uh, the big five clubs that face the, uh, the deepest block. That's basically. right. The low block. Right. Yeah. Yep. And so it doesn't surprise me that we're conceding a lot on set pieces and, and, and stuff like that, because we are literally facing, we were number one in that statistic. In Europe, I believe, not just in the Europe. Premier League, but in Europe for the amount yeah, yeah, of low yeah. blocks we face. We've, we've also, I will preface that by saying that we have basically played relegation fodder this year. So far, yeah. That is yeah, the yeah. that is the only thing to preface it with. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we are facing that. We knew we were going to face that coming in. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I But I do think there's just, um, uh, how can I put it, like, we are playing a lot of new players and there's, it's going to take some time to like figure out, you know, yeah, what I, mean? I think, I think like, you're right because it obviously isn't working as we want right. to right now. Yeah. yeah. So I think, I think that's pretty clear. There's, there's a conversation to be added just about the goalkeepers, I think, because okay. we've looked at, all these stats, right, that were thrown out. And you remember in the summer, I told you I didn't believe the stats. And yeah. this is why I don't believe the stats. I have watched Raya in two games where we've been a little bit under pressure and he's lost his way in both of them, Spurs and this one. I have yet to see him make a good long pass. I think he's, whatever his stats were at Brentford, they're going to be a hell of a lot lower now. His long passing is not as good as Aaron Ramsdale's. It's not. I don't care what the stats say. It's not. And I think them stats that you were looking at when he was at Brentford was him smacking the ball up to Tony's head. And all Tony has to do is get his head on it for that to be a completed pass. It doesn't tell you where the ball went after that. It doesn't tell you how Tony had to reach to get to it. It doesn't tell you any of that stuff. 
this is why I didn't believe those stats, and I've now seen it with my eyes. And I'm telling you, Aaron Ramsdale is a better long passer than David Raya. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna, um, argue that. I think, I think, um, are you surprised by how much he gives the ball away? I I have been so far. Yes, I have. Because I, I said, um, he was the better passer than Ramsdale. And I believe that. And so far his long passing has been pretty suspect. I think his short passing has been good, right? And the way he steps up into the back line is is good. But the yeah. the, the long passing that was this much vaunted about what he was going to add, I, I just don't see it. I mean, I watched him make... Uh, uh, it was against uh, Tottenham, I believe. He made a one-touch long pass straight to whoever was playing left wing at the time. I, I can't remember if it was... Trossard was hurt. Martinelli was hurt. I, I can't remember who was there. Maybe Nelson. It would, it would, it would have been Jesus, wouldn't it? Because Jesus was... If yeah, it, yeah, it probably if was. If it was before the 70th minute or whenever it was Jesus come off, it would have been Jesus. Yeah, and it, I mean, it was a brilliant pass. But I mean, to be honest, those are too few and far between for me. Um, well, it's compared to the amount he gives it away, right? Because that Spurs game was a prime example of it. I think he, he was giving, I think it was like 8 out of 10 that he went long with, he gave away. Yeah, kind of, kind of shocking results so far. In, in, in. Well, and and did you see as well the kickoff at Lons? We did that usual kickoff, and he just yeah. it straight out of play. Like it, it wasn't even, it wasn't even one that Havertz flicks yeah. on to no one. It was straight out of play. Yeah, I mean that that is. I mean, he's he's had a few shockers, but I do wonder, Gav. To be fair to him, you know, he he's only been with the club now for uh, a few weeks. I do wonder if it's just like maybe like unfamiliarity, you know, with with personnel. It could be. I mean, and he's he's you know, and we're asking him to. He hasn't had uh, a regular centre forward, right? Because so far this season, we've had Havertz has played up top, Jesus has played up up top, and Ketty has played up top. But we've not had anyone. You know, there's been no run of games for Jesus up top um, because he's been moved around out wide and all that. You're yeah. not going to hit a ball up to Eddie and have it stick because that's not his that's not his game. So yeah. that that is true, and that is definitely a um, that is definitely a mitigating circumstance in there. But I don't know. I've just not been particularly impressed with his passing the way that I thought I was going to be. Certainly not to the extent where I look and go, "Well, that's why you want to pay thirty million for him next summer." It's a weird one for me because, you know, obviously I was um, uh, the, the the guy on this podcast that was like, no, you know, I, I don't see a ton between them, but Raya is better. He's going to do X. He's going to do Y. And he's not really doing it, Gav, <laughs> so far. So I'm, you know. No, and, and I said before we i don't want to i don't want to veer wildly with results right i don't want to play the result it can't be every every game we win it's great and every game we lose it's not but yeah. the thing is is that the games that we haven't won have been the games that we've been put under the slightest bit of pressure like you can't judge the bournemouth game because it was a training exercise it really wasn't anything to you know to worry about i just i just worry that in the couple of games and we, we'll we'll find out on sunday um, 
the couple of games where he's been put under a little bit of pressure, this the resulting to going long and then just giving it away is it's a killer. Well, yeah, I mean, I I think that's um, the most important thing our our keeper has to do is 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 like not give these. I mean, the whole point, right, is to uh, play short out of the back and knock it pinned back and not have like an instant counterattack. And so far, Raya is not really delivering on that. And the other thing, the last thing I want to bring up really with this long passing idea as well, if we are facing as many low blocks as we are, the long ball is pointless. Absolutely pointless because there's no room in behind. So what are you really doing? You're just giving the ball away. Yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I don't think any of his, where where I do find some of his long passing to be decently impressive, it's not like it's unlocking a back line. It's just hitting its target. So yeah, I, I agree 100%. I, I've not been a big fan so far. I, I, I haven't. No. He he needs to, you know, this has got to improve reasonably quickly. To be to be honest, um, I I just I don't know whether like let's get this straight. There is no goalkeeper rotation here. It was never going to be a goalkeeper rotation. No, 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 definitely not. Yeah. No, Raya was not bought to compete with Ramsdale. He was bought to take over from Ramsdale, and that's what's happened. And yep. I just worry at this point that regardless of what happens from here, Arteta simply won't go back on it. Um, and in, in my in my view, Ramsdale is the player that should be in goal on Sunday. He won't be. 100% he won't be. Raya will start on Sunday. I don't think he should. We'll get into the Man City preview in the second half, but I'm just pointing it out for this. For me, Ramsdale is the man that should have the shirt right now. Raya has made more mistakes than Ramsdale this season. I mean, put quite simply. It, uh, man, Gav, um, it, it's a tough one. Um, it really is, like for me at least. Um, I I think Arteta's been so stubborn with this kind of stuff, you know, like um, like like siding with a player and sticking with them until they are so bad that it doesn't work out. You know, I mean, we saw it with Willie on. Um, he, he, I mean, he was a regular until like what, January. And it was until he got injured, wasn't it? It was boxing day. It was the yeah, 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 boxing he, day. He, yeah. Got, he got injured. The only reason he come out of the team was because he got injured. It wasn't some master stroke. He had to come out because he couldn't play. Jesus. Yeah. That is how it went. So yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, there are things I like about Raya. Um, I think there is like a calming there. I do think he's more dominant of his box. He's better in yeah. He's better in the air. He, yeah, right? he's he, definitely better at coming out and claiming crosses. That is for sure. Yep. Um. But but that's a that's about all I can give him right now. You know, and I and I and I like what Ramsdale does. You know, and I like Ramsdale's connection with the fans. It's like if it's my heart. You know, I'm I'm going Ramsdale. Even I get that. I just don't. I haven't seen anything with my head to say otherwise. Yeah. You, you know, they're just. They're, they're, I don't believe that there has been some sort of massive upgrade here at all. 
I, I just, I don't, I don't see it. And it's, it's a bizarre one, but this, that's going to, that's going to carry on for a while. Uh, I don't think that's going to, I don't think that's going to be resolved in anyone other than, because in Arteta's mind, it's already resolved. Raya's the number one. Yeah. But I don't think that's going to be resolved in, in anyone else's mind for, for quite a while. I mean, I think we're going to be way into the season before people start to either accept that this is what it is or Arteta goes, goes back on it. No, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think um, at this point, Arteta is set on Raya being the number one. And, you know, that's the way it's going to be unless there's some, you know, giant error. Another thing that I wanted to bring up that kind of came out of this game. Can you think of a reason why Trossard has been so poor when he started games recently? Like coming off the bench... He's looked really good. Whenever he started game, his touch looks off. It just like Tuesday night, he he was really, really poor Tuesday night. We had some poor performances on Tuesday night, and I thought Trossard was the worst of the lot. And I don't get it because he's such a good player. He's so tidy, his control is usually so good, and his link play is usually so good. The last couple of games he started, it's it's looked like he's had no first touch whatsoever. Man, mate, this is such an interesting question. And, you know, I, I know we're on a podcast and I, I want to give an interesting answer, but I I don't. <laughs> like, I don't know why he can be so poor from the start sometimes. Um, yeah, and this is the last few times he started, right? I mean, going all the way back to last yeah, season, all the, the yeah. Brighton game, when he, he was he was abysmal. Um, and this year, with a couple of times he started, you know, people clamoured for him to start. He got in, the, he got in the team, and he's he's been terrible. Yeah, he really is. It, it's um uh maybe kind of opposite, you know, like Emil Smith Rowe, who was coming in and in like being impactful off the bench. But uh, you know, tr- tr- it's 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 really weird that when he starts he has such a slow start compared to when he comes off the bench, you know? Yeah, well, uh, you would think for most players, it's the other way around, right? Because obviously yeah. you're there as the game's finding Eddie, itself. Eddie, yep. Yeah, and you're you're growing with the game. Whereas when you come on as a sub, it's not always easy to pick it up. But it, it seems like whenever Trossard comes off the bench, he he picks the game up quick. And he's, you know, he's straight in. And and Reese has got a similar thing, actually. Reese has got a very similar thing where he comes off the bench and he seems to immediately get into the game and be yeah. immediately there on it. And like you say with Eddie, Eddie seems to have the opposite where he comes on and he can't quite he can't yeah. quite find it. Aaron Ramsey was always like this. Do you remember when Ramsey used to come back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'd, you know, the first game you'd think, oh well, I'll bring him off the bench. And it was utterly pointless because you'd bring him off the bench and he'd be nowhere near the pace of the game. And yep. and towards the end, Sir Dennis was on the bench a few times as well. And he always struggled when he'd come on. And I think that was understandable because of, you know, he was a touch player. He was a, he was all about speed and, and balance. And yep. it, it kind of, it didn't work coming off, of the, coming off of the bench. But why Trossard is the opposite, I just, I just don't, I just don't know. Yeah, it is kind of a weird one, Gav. I mean, I, I can't give you an exact reason of why it is, but um, he definitely just seems like more of a, like, come in and impact off the bench. Um, I would even say, you know, Smith Rowe, again, is kind of like that. 
um, you know, where you already referenced Eddie is kind of the opposite, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. He, he's just, he's really poor once he starts a game. He, you know, he, he, he kind of has to know and have the game figured out before he comes on. It's strange. And we'll, we'll see how this plays out because I mean, my, again, we'll get on the same other master opinion. I don't think he's going to start on, on Sunday. Um, but at I some point, I. at some point he's going to, he's going to come in from the start again and we'll, we'll see if he gets this figured out, but it's definitely a bad little run he's on. Um, Bakayo Saka. So, for the second game in a row, he's come off injured. From the reports we're hearing, it's not too bad. Seems like he's at least in contention for for Sunday. Um, I think when he came off on Tuesday, and I only really want to talk about this in relation to Tuesday right now, um, okay. but when he came off on Tuesday, we seem to lose all impetus when he come off it really we really seem to have no idea of where to go that's that's Saka and Martinelli neither of them on the pitch and without them we really really did seem clueless yeah it did seem that way and and listen I think with regards to Saka um my problem isn't necessarily with Arteta starting him every game it's and I I just want to say this real quick by the way um, it, it's not him starting him every game. It's not managing him well once we go up 2-0, 3-0, 4-0. Like, he should have been off against Bournemouth. You know, I, and I, I just, I don't really understand why he perseveres with this, Arteta, I mean. But, you know, it is what it is. But you're right, we do lose attacking impetus without Martinelli and Saka, it seems. Um, yeah, I think we can kind of cope without one, but I don't think we can, I don't think we can really cope without both of them. Yeah, that definitely seems to be the case. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's a lot Reese Nelson does to like drive the game when he's on you know, like really drive forward and... and well, this and this was going to be... This was going to be my next question for you, Just Is yeah. it as simple as it was the wrong sub to bring Vieira on at that point? Would it have been better to bring on Reese Nelson, a player who's perhaps more analogous with a Martinelli or, or Saka type? I mean, he, he certainly gives you more of um more of a... more cut and thrust than... Than Vieira does. So was that the move? If we're without both of them, is it a case that we cannot go with Vieira and Trossard? That one of probably more likely Nelson, but one of Nelson or Emil Smith Rowe has to play to give you that different option. Um yeah, this is kind of a tough one. Honestly, I think uh Vieira is probably the most like um analogous with Saka when the rest of the 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 rest of the squad is there. Do you know what I mean? See, I think I actually think that Trossard probably is. Off the right though. Yeah, no, I know I know what you're saying. He's he's the he's the one that gives you the most balance. I'm not sure I would right. really 
I don't think he equates to Saka as a player. And I don't mean that like, is he as good? Because of course he's not. But I I don't think he gives you, he hasn't got that burst that Saka's got. He's not as direct as Saka. I I just, I feel like you you lose something. And when you've already lost it with Martinelli and you've got Trossard, who's more of the link man, I just think you need someone a little bit more direct to to pair with him. And that's that's why, I, for me, I think if Martinelli is out, and Saka is out. I think Nelson has to be one of the players to come in, just because we just don't have that thrust without him. Yeah, yeah, we we definitely lose like uh some uh like a like a dynamic player that can make something happen. Um, and with all respect to Vieira, I mean, I know he's a he's a great creator, but I I just don't think, like you said, he just doesn't have that that thrust or that uh. Uh, like playmaking ability that Saka has. Well, we lose all the width as well, right? Because one thing that yeah, Martinelli and Saka do is they stand on the touchline. They they keep the chalk on their boots, as we always used to say. You know, yeah. they're very, very wide players. Whereas with Trossard and Vieira, neither of them are interested in doing that. They both want to come inside all the time. And I think that damages the build-up play a little bit because everything just becomes so congested. Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. And I'm not Okay. Um I'm uh, my apologies guys. Um uh yeah, I definitely think that's the case and um you know, someone like Reese or I mean even Emil, I I think he can do it as well. Can play kind of both roles where he can come inside and play make, but he can also hold the width at the end. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, we do feel like a very different team once Saka and Martinelli are off. And I think it's becoming pretty painfully obvious. And I mean, that's understandable because it's two of the best young players in the world. So of course you are going to be, but it's just the way our whole, our whole build up just falls apart just falls apart and it's not just because they're it's not just because they're so good it's because the whole structure of the team seems to seems to fold in on itself well yeah i mean i think they're like the most you know like our 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 most poignant attackers right like i mean we we attack through the way they're, they're our main goal threats aren't they let's, right let's yeah exactly there. yeah 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 that's basically what i'm trying to say yep and um so of course you know when they're gone even just one of them um, you know, our goal threat's going to be down because, um, and you know, they balance each other so well. You have, you have Saka, who's more of like a, uh, uh, like a playmaking winger, but yeah, and a lot more patient. Yep. But he's also a threat from long range. And then Martinelli, he's your, you know, uh, like you just said, like chalk on the heels, like beat your man and, and cut in. And um, they, they complement each other so well. So the fact that we've not really had them is, it, it, it's, it, I mean, it, it's been telling already. Yeah, and Martinelli's certainly going to be out for a, a little while yet. We've not heard anything at all on him yeah. coming back. So that's going to be, that's going to be a while. Um, so I thought the only player really that came out of, of Tuesday night with any credit was Declan Rice. Um, and, yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah, but even, even Deck got a little bit, sped up early on in that and give a few balls away that he doesn't normally do but he settled down a bit after that 
But yeah, I thought he was the only player that really come away with any credit. Um, Gabriel Jesus got isolated. It was a good goal. It was a lovely finish. Um, but he got isolated a bit and and couldn't really get couldn't really get into the game. I thought the game was just it just sped up to the point where Erdegaard was looking around like what the fuck is going on? Everyone around me is just losing their head, and there was mm-hmm. nowhere to go. Havertz was basically non-existent, so it just it really wasn't. It was just a bad performance, I think, on the night, and it's it's a shame because we had a real chance to take control of that group and. We're only we're only still in the qualifying positions because of a late goal in the PSV game. Yeah, I really think if we could have won this game, I mean, six points looking at where the rest of the group was. Oh, it would have been game over. Yeah, that that's how I feel too. Um, but you know, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's a it's a missed opportunity, definitely. Um, but I agree with what you said. Uh, you know, Jesus, he he got isolated and and yeah. It, it just it, it didn't go well, did it? I mean, no, the, the the only thing that went for us on the night really was the result in the other game, right? Because we couldn't have right. asked for that to go any better. Yeah, we really couldn't have. Um, and I'm I'm you know I'm I'm happy for that, but you know we definitely have to do well in this last game. Yeah, and is is it Sevilla's away first, right? I believe it's away, and then the and then the home game. Yeah, Sevilla's away first, I believe. Yep. Yeah, and you know we can't lose there. We cannot no. lose in in Sevilla. That that would be it. That would be a disaster if we go there and lose. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be a disaster. And you know what's crazy is that like Sevilla and Lens are Lens are both having like really poor um, home league form. You know what I mean? Yeah, they've they've yeah. not been they've not been. I mean, Lens have won the last couple. Um, so they have picked up a bit, but they've they've not been good so far this season. This this game should not have been as as difficult as we made it. I think that's that's kind of the way that's the way I look at it. I don't think that Lons were great. I just thought we were really poor. I think we made that game so difficult for ourselves. I think that's pretty much the best way to say it. Yeah, Gaff. I mean, like it wasn't a difficult game, and we were just shit basically you know yeah i i mean i've heard a lot of um i've heard a lot of people say well you you know you can't take it for a granted they're a good team let's be honest man they're not a good team they're not like they're, they're not a good team they're, they're, they're not a terrible team don't get me wrong they're in the champions league of course they're not a terrible team but they're not a team that finishes in the top 10 in the premier league no chance i know they spent big on why looks like a decent player he does look pretty good he did. um but I, I don't think they're not they're not finishing above Brighton or or Villa. They're they're just not. So I don't think this was a particularly difficult game. I just thought we played it really badly. And like I said at the beginning, I think we played the occasion and not the game. And it went the opposite way of how it did at the Emirates against a pretty poor PSV side, where we we kind of thrived on the emotion of the night. And I think in this game we got carried away with it. And like I said, the adrenaline was pumping and we got so fast and we did everything so quickly. We just basically lost our heads. I mean, yeah, mate, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. I don't even think I could, you know, add anything, add anything onto that. I, uh, it's just the way it was. 
Yeah, well, that's over anyway. And like I said, it was it was a pretty easy one to to get over, easier than it might have been, just because immediately you start looking forward to you start looking forward to what's to come on Sunday, which was always the big game of the week. So, well, I think we've I think we've done just about as much as we want to do on that. Unless you've got anything else on the on the Lons game, because I'm I'm pretty much ready to ready to move past it. Um. I know we're running short of time. Uh, what did you think of the subs? Did you? Um, I mean, I thought it was just a, a bit of desperation. I don't think they're the subs that he wanted to make. I think in an ideal world, he'd like to give party a little bit of a run out. Um, I, I think the subs were the subs were made all trying to just change the game. I thought I thought Smith Rowe again looked bright when he came on. Um, other than that, I, I don't think there was. I don't mean there was anything particularly wrong with the substitutions in this one, they didn't work. Um, but I don't think the process in making them was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree there. And I, I do appreciate that he made them a little um, earlier, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, which, which is great. Cause you know, that's, that's been a, a, a big uh, criticism I've had of, of our. Yeah. I mean, he tried to chance to turn the tide. Like I said, I yeah. thought he got yeah, the exactly. first one wrong. I didn't think it should have been Vieira come on. I thought it should have been Nelson, but I understand why he went for, yeah. why he went for Vieira. You know, we were winning at the time. Um, and you, you think that maybe Vieira is going to, going to help you keep the ball a little bit more than someone who's more direct, like, like Reese. I just yeah. thought it just didn't play out very well, but I don't, I don't think it was a terrible sub. Um, and the rest of his subs, I mean, they just, you know, he, he, he tried to do what he could on the night. We just weren't, we just weren't up for it. We also had some uh, travel delays getting over there as well. I don't know if you heard about that. I did, yeah, we I did. A, yeah, we had a few issues with that as well. I mean, I was, I'm still worried about how leggy we look in a lot of these games. It just doesn't look like we're as fit as we need to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I feel the same way. I've actually been um, pretty concerned about that. But, um, you know, it, that also kind of, adds in to me at least uh like the the delayed substitutions it makes it make even less sense because i i agree we've been leggy and yet mikhail continues to make these like you know 80th minute subs and i you know yeah it's yeah there's a there's a, we're just not clicking yet i think that's that's the way to that's the way to say it is we're just not clicking yet we're not there but all right mate well listen let's leave the first half there passy's going to join us for the second half and we'll uh, preview the man city game which is the main course for this week so i will see you after the break all right mate hey guys just a couple of quick half time messages for you Firstly, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. It really helps us reach a wider audience, particularly on Apple Podcasts. Secondly, we're on all the social media platforms as The NN Pod. We're really trying to build a strong Guna community. So next time you're on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, look us up, give us a like or a follow, send us a message, interact with other listeners, or, or just have a look around. Thanks for listening from myself, Paz and Jazz. We really appreciate it. Welcome back into the Non-Negotiable Podcast. This is part two. Um, time to welcome Pascal into the frame. How are you doing, mate? I'm good. Thank you. 
Good stuff. All right, well, we, we recapped what we could remember about the Lons game. We've both kind of moved beyond it now, so that's that's done and dusted. It's just time to look forward Good. to the big one of the week against Man City. Um, I just want to start here, Paz, and I wanted you on this before we really dug into it because I know that you've got different feelings to me on this. But mm. there was a lot out there that Saka shouldn't have played Tuesday night. Saka needs to be rested. Saka needs this. Saka needs that. My personal feeling is that he had to play on Tuesday night. It's a Champions League game. You don't rest your best players. Um, Paz, go ahead. I mean, I mean, just tell me what how you're feeling on this because I think you speak for a a, a big a big portion of the fan base. Look, I, I'm not privy to the database that Arsenal use or the, um, the sophistication of their um, uh, technology when it comes to players' fitness and all that. So I, I can't speak on that. I can only speak on what I'm seeing. I, I think it, it goes a little bit deeper than him not just starting against Lons. Is why playing for so long against Bournemouth? It's, the, it's things like that which I don't understand. Did, did he need to play yes. that amount of time? Did he have to play when we were 2-0 up? The game was in the bag. You put ESR on. I I don't know. It just seems a lot more simplistic than I feel sometimes it's made out. Now, Lonzo, I agree, was a Champions League game. Yes, if he's available, play him. But I do think there's moments when he will prioritise others over Saka. He will rest Zinchenko because Zinchenko's injury prone. He will rest. He'll take... um, Sometimes he takes Nketiah off. Sometimes he takes um, other players which play far less games, do not have stupid international games to think about as well. And Ketty gets picked, but he doesn't play, does he? He'll play... Because um, my, my issue with Saka is not just Arsenal games, it's international as well. Southgate is exactly the same. He plays him in worthless matches, far more worthless than what Arteta is playing him in. And I just feel it's a... a for a 22-year-old, yes, they'll give me the argument, Salah has played this, Messi played that. I get that. But I do feel that particularly with Saka, he is overused sometimes, and especially internationally as well, because there was no need for him to come on against Scotland. Did it really give, did, did anyone give a, a flying fuck against Scotland in a friendly? Really? You're winning a game, you bring him on. Why? You have so many other players that you can play, and you play him in those games. And I just feel there's not a moment where he ever gets a little bit of rest. And that's my concern with him. So it's not really an isolation of the Lons game. I just feel there's a slight mismanagement of when, how long he plays, and pick and and when he should play more than others. That's that's really my point on him. Yes. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I I mean, I couldn't agree more with Paz. He's absolutely right, and I do think the the international minutes are kind of a crime because he's playing mm. more than like, you know our rivals players. He seems to be the only one that doesn't get a rest. Uh, Well, Kane, Kane too plays every minute, but, but I will say, you know, there, there, there's something in, in watching these, these uh, younger players. uh, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, Seth Fabregas, uh, Wayne Rooney, um, you know, they started to, to, to tank at like 30, 31, 32, you know, and it seems like every young player that's, that's like ridiculously overplayed like Saka is, they all end their career pretty early. Um, I think you're just remembering a couple of examples though, Just Listen, this is messy, right? 
from age 20. Games played for Barcelona. 51, 53, 55, 60, 50, 46, 57, 49, 52, 54, 50. That is from when he was 20 till he was 34. He was still playing 50 games a season at 34. This is Ronaldo. 50, 47, 53, 49, 53, 35. I don't know why he must have had an injury that year. 54, 55, 55, 47, 54. This is Salah since he joined Liverpool. 52, 52, 58, 51, 51, 51. This is Thierry Henry. 48. And this is from 17 with Thierry Henry. 48, 44, 38. And the 38 was because 19 games were with Juve and 19 with Monaco. Then he moved to us. 53, 49, 56, 51. Haaland played 53 games last year. Saka's totals for us since he broke through, if you ignore the first two years when he was kind of just breaking through. 38, 46, 43, 48 and 10. What about now, a lot of this is going to lie, right? What about international, though, for all of them? Well, Messi, yeah, like, I'm, I'm don't pretty sure they will manage Salah better. definitely don't. I mean, you, you, Egypt ain't resting Salah, are they? He plays every game. But my yeah, point but is this. You're looking at... This I'm curious about juicing at that point. What? We know for a fact. We know for a fact. Well, we don't know for a fact. But um, all Pep's teams are like suspicious for 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 upper use right I, I mean we don't we don't know that we know that we know that every I mean he was cloud he over was nearly every that, season he was uh, guilty of that as a player himself but it's you, you don't know that but my point here is that Saka no, it he depends was, how he you view Saka actually, right I view Saka awesome. in the same what's that he 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 was found guilty as a player, was he not? Oh, I have no, I have no idea. He, he... Pep Guardiola, I believe, was found guilty as a player of. of... I, I don't think that this is down to steroid use. <laughs> I just, I just okay. don't. I mean, okay. the top it, players. Go ahead. Look, go look, ahead. To me, it depends on where you see Saka in this list, right? That is kind of the way I view Bukayo Saka. I think he's as good. As someone like Salah, I think he has the ability to be right up there with the top players in the world. The top players in the world do not get rested. They don't. It's a fallacy. They do not get rested. They play every minute of every game. Liverpool don't take Salah off every time they go 2-0 up. They certainly don't rest him in the Champions League. Egypt don't give him weeks off. The same thing with Messi and Ronaldo. Messi never came off for Barcelona. He played every game. He played every minute of every game. I just think this with Saka, I think I think we are scarred from a lot of what we've seen in the past, right? With Diaby, with Rosicki, with Ramsey, with Oxlade-Chamberlain. We have had a lot of players that are incredibly delicate. Some players aren't delicate. Some players, right, are tougher than other players. And that's what it comes down to. If, if Robin Van Persie got the whack against Spurs that Saka did, Robin Van Persie wouldn't play for two months, right? You two have both brought up Iron Robin before, right? And compared him with Saka. Well, Iron Robin is famous for not wanting to play unless he's absolutely 100%. If Iron Robin gets the knock 
that Saka gets against Spurs or a knock against Bournemouth, Ohan Robin doesn't play. Some people are just tougher than other people. And Paz, I just think that's where we are with Saka. I just think he's he's a tougher guy and he's just going to play. He's never getting rested. But I feel that because of that, that can be taken for granted as well. That's that's a problem. And I, I feel that oh, there's always an, uh, an over-reliance uh, on him. Well, I mean, my issue is, is that we don't have anyone close to him in that position, right? So... In other positions, we do. So there, there is sometimes an acceptance that, hey, we can take a player off and replace him with another one. In, in Saka's position, we do not have a like-for-like replacement or anyone close to him. So I feel that because he's robust, because he can take a hit, because he is very reluctant to ever want to leave the field or always up for a game, that can be taken for granted sometimes. I just think it's something to watch out for. I, I agree with all of those stats that you gave me, but I also remember very vividly Man, United, Man City pulling a fast one on Norway and Haaland resting for two weeks in an international period as well. We've never done that with Saka. He plays every single international game, whether it's a crap team, whether it's a relevant or irrelevant game. I've seen other teams do it a lot more smartly than we do it. Why? Why aren't, I, I hope... I hope, and I've seen rumours, that if he does play on Sunday, there's some agreement with England. No way he should be playing Australia. What the fucking point in that game? Or any relevance to anything? I get Italy, because that's a, that's, a, that's a qualifying grain, and you, you probably would want him on the field. But no reason for him to play Australia. But I've also seen, t- I remember with Rashford, Man United have done it, where they pull him out, he somehow mysteriously gets injured in the period that the international football comes out. It's never happened with Saka at all. So I just think there has to be some caution. They've got to be cautious because we do not have any like-for-like replacement for him at all in that squad. I just don't think you can have like-for-like replacements for players on that level. Or There's no like-for-like replacement for Salah at Liverpool. There was no like-for-like with Ronaldo at, at Madrid or Messi at Barcelona. There mm. was no, you know, there, there just isn't like-for-like for those players. I mean, how many times have you seen... I, I didn't pull up Kane's numbers, and I, I should really, because I, I would imagine Kane's is probably very similar, plays 50-odd games every year. How many times do you see Kane's ankle bend over in two, and you look and you go, fuck me, he's going to be out for six months. Three weeks yeah. later, he's back and scoring two. That is what, when you are on that level as a player... That is what happens. And we have a player that is on that sort of level. And that's part of why he's on that level, by the way, because what stops Arhan Robin from ever being on that level is the fact that he didn't have that. He couldn't play through them injuries or wouldn't play through them injuries because Robin as a talent was as good as any of these. And this goes for Robin Van Persie as well. Some people, like I said, are just tougher than others. Some people have got a pain threshold that they can play through it. And some don't. Um, Robin and Van Persie are the two that really spring to mind because they couldn't ever get on the field, because they couldn't play consistently, because they always took so many times off. They're just another player. They're not I think, I think alarm great. bells ring slightly because, yes, I go to your point about these type of players, but that's the first time we've seen him go off after 33 minutes. And, and as Arteta said, if he needs to go off after 33 minutes, something is up. Right. And games before that, we've seen him struggling where he has had to be replaced or he's forced to replace him. So when you see that in a sequence of games and the last game being where he's actually had to be taken off early, 
then you do start to, in your mind, you are thinking, okay, something's up here, right? Something doesn't seem to be right. Um, I'm wondering if on Tuesday night... Sorry, Josh? I was just going to say, he's limped off like the past four games. Yeah. Four or five games. But I'm wondering if on Tuesday night, that is the first time you have seen the game management minutes because I'm not sure he had to come off on Tuesday. Uh, I think there was a real a real impetus put on the game at the weekend. And as soon as he felt something, he was off. I I mean, look how long it took him to come off against Tottenham when he was on one leg. And I, I, I just, I don't think, I don't think in the normal circumstances he would have come off on Tuesday night. I think he came off because of Sunday. I, I, I put, I put this more on Arteta though. I do. Mm. Like, of course he's on Arteta. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, like, um, he's obviously hurt. You know what I mean? Like, he's obviously limping. He can barely walk. And he's getting subbed after, like, several other players. I I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't like it. I and, think- and Salah does get subbed, uh, Gav. Salah has got so In fact, there's been numerous cases where Salah's in a strop because Klopp is subbing him. So but he does get the, Yeah, but that's only in the last two years, Paz, and he's now 31. He, he never used to... Like, when, when Liverpool were good, he never got subbed. When yeah, they, they never had him from the age of 20, 22. They've not had him since the age of 19. Yeah, no, old, they had him when he was he in his old, peak. Like, absolutely. Like 30, right? Yeah, but he didn't come Sorry, off then. He didn't come off then when he was in his 20s. He didn't come off then. He's only started coming off the last kind of year. And yes, you have seen it when he's come off and been pissed about coming off for sure. And that is Klopp managing his load. But I don't, I don't know. I just don't, I don't think you're ever going to see Saka rested for an important game or or any game, really. Like he's not coming out of a, missing a league game. And I, I take your point about the way to do it is to bring him off when you're winning. I do understand that point. I definitely do. And if he's injured, then he shouldn't, you know, if there was any doubt, against Bournemouth that he might have a little knock, then he shouldn't have played because Bournemouth away is a game that you can come through without him, right? But I think Tuesday night he had to play. No, um, uh, I'm going to cut in here. Um, I That was the point I was going to make is that he should come off, you know, when we're, we're, when we're in a lead. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do, I, I do think that any time we're like, three nil up there's no reason to keep soccer on the pitch and Mm. i i like i find it shocking that we just continue to like overplay this kid to be honest and uh i i don't know what do you got because i i I, justin to go to that point and and i think this is really the crux of it and that was really what my anger was was not as i said it wasn't because purely because he started against lons it's what happened before that I've seen Haaland come off when City are 2-0, 3-0 up. Yeah, I've seen exactly. some of their their top players come off in, at that period. I think that's where Arteta at the moment needs to learn a bit. Because if they're your best players, you have no reason to carry playing them when you are winning a game at a canter. That's all I would say. There's no point having Smith Rowe then and you know not using him at all when you know that he's not going to do anything to harm the attack or do anything which is going to cause like Pepe used to do. He's not going to do that, is he? He's going to be right. more or not, but he's going to come in. He'll be effective when you're 3-0 up. So I just don't know why there's a reluctance sometimes with that. 
Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more, Paul. And it, mm-hmm. it, it does, it really frustrates me. But, you know, I mean, it it is what it is, right? Gap yeah. Goes- all right, well, let's let's move on to the to the city game. It's a good chance to go at the starting lineup, which I think Saka will be in one hundred percent. I don't think there's a slight, there's not the slightest doubt in my mind that Saka's going to start. Um, so where are we at on this, guys? I think it's going to be Raya in goal. I think you're going to see Ben White, Zinchenko, yep. Saliba, Gabriel, and then I think is where the change is going to come because I think you're going to see Partey come in, and I think Rice is going to play with Erdegaard, and then I think Jesus is going to move wide. Havertz will move up top and Saka on the other side. Where are you coming in on this, Paz? Oh, um, I'm coming up. I'm, I'm I'm coming in more or less just to what you said. I I I'm being facetious, but surely surely Ramsdale should be starting now after that mistake by Raya because you know it's. <laughs> well, uh, we we had a little discussion well, we... about that in the first half. And <laughs> we did, yeah, we, my, did, we did. My view yeah. is yes, Ramsdale yeah. should be starting, not because of that mistake, but because I don't see that. I I just think Ramsdale's better. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's you can put a case for that. But anyway, um, Raya will will most likely start. I think I'm in agreement with everything that you said up until the front three. I think he, I feel it will be Jesus, Saka, and uh, Trossard. Um, I doubt he'll play Smith Rowe, unfortunately, which I would still like to see because I think he's looked lively in his last two games yeah. that he's come right. on. He might, he should have probably have scored. Pass. But he's looked lively. He's looked he's looked effective. Trossard was awful in the last game. So I think reward the kid. Now I think he's shown that he's he is ready. So, uh, but I think it'll be Trossard and I think Jesus, and then uh, Saka. I really hope Jesus is not wide though. What do you reckon, Jess? Uh Gav, can I hear your midfield one more time? Yeah, Partey at the base with Rice playing the left eight and Odegaard obviously on the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. I think that's it. Um, Do you and... think Habits will be up top? Do you think he'll go with Nketiah? Do you think he'll keep Trossard? Man, you know, that's so tough because um, I think, you know, I mean, it's City, right? Like, it's it's Manchester City. So um, maybe we're going to try to surprise him. Um, Do you think that the fact that we went into the Charity Shield with Havertz up top makes it less likely then that he's going to do it again. I do, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I do. But only because I know Arteta plays these games. You know what I mean? Like, if if, if, if anybody was injured, he'd be like, <laughs> you know, no, there's no chance of them playing. But then they'd start. You, you know what I mean? Like, how, how he does those. So what uh, do you think the configuration of the front three is going to be then? Man, you know, I'd kind of like to see Havertz at center forward. Jesus at right wing. And Trossard at left wing. So you're thinking Saka's not going to make it? I think it'd be great if we could give him a breather. And you I want to give him a breather in the biggest game of the season? Hell yeah. I think, do you not think <laughs> that three could do it? That front three is a no. solid. Justin, do you I, I want to give think... him a? Do you want to give him a breather so he can play against Australia for England? Yeah, no, I, I honestly, Josh, <laughs> I'm I messing with that, you. <laughs> I don't think that because front three can do it. I'll, I'll be honest. I think it works better if Saka does play, and then they give an agreement with England that he's rested against Australia. That that is what my thought process is. Well, I mean, and, yeah, that'd be that'd be great, right? Mm. Like that'd be ideal. 
but so so what do you think then um I, I like the idea of, ha I thought Havertz in the Community Shield worked really well at center forward. Yeah, I did too. I mean, it is a slightly different game, I guess, just because of the pieces they haven't got, as well as the pieces we haven't got. I think not having Martinelli is, is such a big blow for us. Like, yeah. it, it really yeah. is a massive blow not having Martinelli. Um, and obviously, they don't have Rodri. So, right. without Rodri, you've got to this be a our best bit... chance. Well, you've got to be a little bit more confident of dominating that midfield, right? No um, stones either, I think. Yeah, so... I mean, he not, says. Honestly, I'm not that worried about John Stones. I, I but he can go in midfield. He can be quite... Yeah, ahead. I mean, well, he, he gives him that option, doesn't Stones he, where he can move to the right, he can move up into midfield. Yeah. He, he gives him yeah. a few different... And one thing Pep's done very well against us over the years is adapt, right? There's been a few times where we've been massively on top and he's made changes. I mean, the home game last year, we were excellent in the first half. Mm. And in the second half, he made changes at half time, and they come out and ripped us to shreds in that second half. So Pepe's very good at that. And part of it is that he's got obviously very good players, but he's got players that are very malleable. Do you know what I mean? They're adjustable. He can yeah. make moves on the fly that I feel like we still struggle to make. I think it's good. Thank, thank goodness um, De Bruyne is out because... I, I really am tired of seeing him score against us nearly every single game that he plays. So I'm glad he's not around. Um, Rodri's also a pain in the ass. Um, he's scored against us. I remember a few seasons back at home. Um, so I, I still think they've got some really annoying players like Bernardo Silva, who seems to turn up against us as well. Grealish can be a pain as well. But uh, Alvarez is in great form for them. So by no means is this going to be uh, an easy game. Um, but I don't think we're going to be approaching it like that. I, I would like us, as we've just discussed there, but I would like us to have a robust midfield because I think it's really important for this particular match to be strong in that midfield area and win that battle. So we, um, do we all think Partey is going to come back in? I do, yeah. I, yeah. Do. I, I think yeah. I, as much as I prefer Rice in his role, I do feel I would rather... Rice play a little bit more advanced, a la Chaka. I know it's not the same, but we know that Rice can can run forward. He is dynamic. Um, he has got a pass in him. So I would rather him than any of our options that play in that eight role that we have. Um, if that means party is there in the base. So we just have double security in terms of defensive nows. Um, I don't know what that means with Zinchenko, if he would still invert him. Um, but but I, I would prefer that approach for City in particular. Yeah, I agree. And I do think it's a one-game approach. Yeah. I think you, you look at it as a different a different game. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I think we, we need that in this game. Arteta is Arteta's not giving up on Havertz at left eight. Over. No. Like, he, he's no. not giving up on it. And that, that's absolutely fine. If he wants to give it a go, let's see how it works. But I think for this game, especially where you've got a fancy our chance in midfield. And like you say, with Zinchenko inverting, and I think he still will do that, it gives that box midfield, right? Where Zinchenko comes in, Partey's more to the right. Zinchenko comes in, and they're almost like two defensive midfielders with Rice and Erdegaard in front of them. Yeah. I I'm yeah. curious what you guys think um, City's midfield three will be without De Bruyne and Rodri. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Paz, what have you got for this? Because I think he will play Calvin Phillips. I think he's going yeah. to start Phillips. He, he almost has to, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I think he will have him. He might also push. Sometimes he puts a Kanji into into the midfield. Um, it's like the kind of Stones defensive midfield role. I don't yeah. know if he's going to do Sil- that. Silver's obviously going to start, right? Bernardo Silva will start. Yeah, not, yeah. yeah I think. Um, so. uh, I think Grealish. Well, there's also that Doc Docu. Doku? Doku, yeah, Doku will start wide. But the other the other midfielder will be um will be Nunes, right? Who they signed from oh, yeah. Yeah. Other, I forget that midfielder. actually. Yeah. So I think it'll I think it'll be I think it'll That's be a Phillips. Good point. Yep. Yeah, I think it'll be Phillips, Nunes and, and Bernardo Silva will be the midfield three. And what? and I'll be honest with you, that is a midfield three that Rice, Partey and Erdegaard should win. They should win I, that battle. I agree. I agree. I agree. Yep. Yeah. So as good, you know, as good a player as Bernardo Silva is, and he is a, a, a fantastic player, we're pretty clear in the other two. I, I think that's a win for us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think that we would have a superior midfield in that situation. And I, I guess the other question for them, I mean, he... He doesn't play... Foden isn't a central player. There's a lot of talk, especially in England, about, oh, Foden could be that third midfielder. That's not what he is. He's a, he's a wide player. He's a goal-scoring wide player. Um, I do wonder if in this game, if he brings Foden... If he plays Foden and Grealish rather than Doku. He might do for perhaps to be a bit more... Have a more defensive mind. And, uh, and more ball security as well. More security, yeah. Um, because they, uh, Doku was um, a very direct player. And I yeah. guess did, Grealish can be as well, but Grealish does tend to cut back and he will obviously come back and defend. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, 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 I agree with you. I think that, that, that sounds plausible. Um, I think Alvarez with Haaland will be up top though. Um, that seems to have been very successful for them this season. Yeah, well, Alvarez is in really good form. Yeah, it's know. interesting what they I do agree. at the back as well because I can kind of see with without um, <clears throat> without Martinelli, I think it reduces the need for them to play Kyle Walker, and I, I just wonder if they'll go to more of a back three, um, yeah. and not play not play Walker because we, we you know the, obviously you don't have the pace threat down that side, which tends to be when they go more towards Walker. Just yeah, I think you're right. Um... You know, I mean, like Walker is—he—he's brilliant in what he does. You know, he—he's fast, he's physical, um, but I, I don't think he's exactly what like Pep likes in a like central back fourish position. No, it um, wouldn't surprise me if they went um, Ank John with a three at the back with Ank Johnny and Diaz and Guardiola as the as the three. Akanji. Akanji. <laughs> what did I say? Akjani. Oh, Akanji. The new, the new, oh, the new signing from Saudi Arabia. I was I, I don't know. I, I had Jumanji in my head. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if they did that. If they, if they went no. back three like that. I, th- I think so. Yeah, that that's what I'm thinking as well. I, I actually think, I actually, I actually think that we've got a good opportunity to really getting Pep's head here. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, um, considering the state of both of our teams, the injuries he has, I think he might try to do something uh, wild, and he could he could massively misplay this. 
like Bernardo Silva at left back yeah yeah something like that is what I'm thinking yeah and obviously it's no guarantee but I see him kind of overplaying his hand here guys the 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 worry the worries kind of goes to what Gab said the worries he's good at rectifying any issues he makes so even if they start off a bit cagey and you know we we had a really good first half against them last season. Like you said, they came back in the second. We also had an excellent, we should have, how we lost that game. We had an excellent game the season before that when Rodri scored in the last minute and we had a sending off and we kind of lost our heads and we hit the bar and, you know, we took the lead. So they are good at getting the game back in their, in their favor. So I think that's something we have to really watch out for. Plus, Pressure's on us as well, because in the back of our minds, we have a terrible record. It's the worst record against any team, isn't it, in our history? Yeah, <laughs> and it's the, it's the worst. Yeah. It's, no one has got a worse record against Man City than us. Yeah, I know. So there's pressure on them because they just lost. They don't want to be losing again. But there's also pressure on us because we have such an appalling record against them that I, I really hope that we don't go into that overly nervous and we try and take the game to them, but at the same time have discipline in in the way that we play. I think if we want to win the title as well, we, we do have to win this game. Like, we do. I, just, I just think we've got At to home, take points yeah. off Man City and this home yeah. game is, the, is mm. the chance to do it, right, Jazz? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think um, at home, we we have to win this one if we're serious title contenders. And I think with the injuries and the suspension to Rodri, this is our best chance. I mean, we just saw Wolves do it. We should definitely be able to do it. And I, I mean, I know it's like different situations, but we should be able to do to to do this. And um, like Paz, I believe it was Paz said, our our matchup in midfield is is superior. I think to theirs. I am worried about the lack of chances we're creating though like I, I can't help but be worried about that this season it's been it's just not worked with the way we've the way we've been playing Paz if we're struggling to cut open and I know we've just scored four at Bournemouth but even then it was it was two penalties and a Ben White header from a from a free kick do you know what I mean like it's not like yeah. we, we're playing some free-flowing game I just if Man City decides that They'll take a draw. And uh, and honestly, I think if you said to Man City right now, you're going to come out of that of a draw, I think Man City would say, yeah, fine. Oh, on. yeah. Yeah, they'd snap your hand off for a draw. Yeah, I, I think so. Yep. So so how do we? How are we going to break them down? Like, we've got to try and find some fluidity from somewhere. And we're, we're talking about, we don't know who's going to play. It might be Jesus wide left. Jesus might play through the middle. We might see Havertz up top. I just, I don't know how we kind of get this moving. Well, we have been susceptible to make errors when we play Man City and that that invariably has led to us being punished. So, you know, the last home game, I remember was Gabriel's kind of, I don't want to just isolate him, but I remember his mistake led to them scoring that second goal. And then in the the season before that, you know, obviously Gabriel, uh, was it Jesus? No, it was Gabriel got a red card and we just lost our head. So I think... That's firstly what we need to sort out is to be a lot better on the ball and try and avoid these stupid errors. And that goes to our goalkeeper as well, because we saw against Lons, you know, you can make these mistakes and against a team that presses really well like Man City, 
you can't afford to do any of that stuff. You might have to punt it long if it, if it's getting to a point where you have no options. So I think we've got to be really, really disciplined on that side first before anything, because they will punish any mistake we make. Um, I, I do think that, yeah, Martinelli is going to be a big loss because we could really attack them down the flanks. Um, I know Carl Walker is, is in pretty decent form, but um, I, um, I, I, I think with Saka being there, at least we have something on 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 the right hand side. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a tough one. It's really tough because I I I like you have been a bit disappointed with the chances we've been making, but I think it, it really has to start with us going into that game with a with a, a mentality of firstly trying to take the game to us, but being highly disciplined in how we defend and how we organise. Joe, do you think it's going to be a similar setup without the ball to what we saw in the Charity Shield, where we don't go pressing super high, where we're quite happy just to let Man City keep it at the back? Because we've seen that a couple of times this season, right? We did that against United and we did it against Spurs. And to be fair, in that first half against Spurs, it worked really well until Rice went off and we lost our shit in the second half. Um, but I, I kind of feel like we're not going to go mad gung-ho pressing in this game I think we're going to say to him okay you you hold the ball there yeah I I think you're right Gaff um I don't think we're going to press like crazy crazy high or anything like that I think um uh you know with like a party in in rice in midfield we're going to be content to uh try to win the ball more in like the the middle quarter as opposed to pressing the goalkeeper or, 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 um, or center backs. So um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's going to be a tough game no matter what. Right. But I think a lot of it depends on, on who's available as well. You know, like if we play Jesus versus Havertz at center forward, you know, I think it's going to change the way we play. Yeah. I think to me, that's the, that's the biggest question, really, because that affects obviously, obviously the midfield as well. But I, I definitely, I think we all agreed on the midfield three. So then it's just, is Havertz going to sit on the bench, or is Havertz going to play up top and move Jesus wide? I think that is the that is the big question, right, Paz? That's that's the one that we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah, and and I know you're not a fan of this, but I think. Uh, they might be considering the aerial side of Havertz as well to to perhaps give something of a different approach. Uh, I know we saw that bloody kickoff in the last game. I'm sure you talked about <laughs> it. So, <laughs> so I, I I I do. There is maybe that element of thought on their side. Not that I subscribe to it, but um, that having Havertz in a centre forward role would could mean we could be a little bit more direct, which City actually did against us when we played them. At home, yeah, and they did it quite effectively. So, well, that's Havertz, maybe... is, Havertz is very good at setting traps as well. Yeah, like one of the things that you saw in the Charity Shield was how we didn't want the ball getting out to Kyle Walker's side. So, what Havertz did is he lined himself up a little bit further to the left to prevent mm. that pass, and he forced to the right where Saka and Odegaard were waiting. I think if if he doesn't play Kyle Walker here and Jesus plays on the left, there's a chance that we flip it and Havertz starts 
trying to trap to the other side. So he forces, instead of going left to Guardiol, he makes him go to the right-hand side to where Jesus is going to be waiting. So I do wonder if that's going to be a part that plays into it as well, because I think the the stuff we do when they've got the ball here is every bit as important as what we do when we've got the ball. Jazz? Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Gaff. Um I think there are some really nice combinations we can make depending on the uh, midfield and front three that we pick. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. You, you've got Havertz and, and Jesus and, you know, hopefully Saka, right? Uh, that are all like, you know, pressing machines. We may be really able to isolate out in that direction and, uh, and, and really hurt them. Well, if Rice is playing further forward as well, you can throw Rice in there with yeah. with Jesus out on that left side for us. Do you know what I mean? So then it makes mm-hmm. even more sense to try and trap him when you've got the you know the best the best intercepting and and ball recovery midfielder in the world. It makes it a lot more sensible to trap to that side. Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Um, in you know, I, I think that that midfield of, um, you know, having Odegaard, who's really good at pressing, and then Rice and Party, who are very good at uh, ball retention and winning the ball back. I mean, that that's like, we're going to be all over City without Rodri and, and De Bruyne, I feel like. Yep. Yeah, well, as you said, this is the main event for the week. I've been looking forward to this one in equal parts with uh, excitement, anticipation, and I don't want to say dread, but kind of dread. Because <laughs> I, I just, I feel it's that bigger game. It's a make or make or break game for the for the season, you know. Oh, I don't even want to watch it, to be honest. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm more, I'd rather watch it this year than last year. Yeah, last yeah year that's my thought. That's, than, yeah, that's, than this year, I think. Every year we've had De Bruyne score... Rodri play a blinder, yeah. so at least we don't have to worry about those yeah. two. At True. least. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for that. I think we've we've covered that pretty well. Um, and we'll be back on uh back on Monday to talk about what went on, which hopefully will be a massive, massive win for us. Yeah, probably sounds good. Or to the Arsenal. Yeah. Okay, mate. All right. Well, let's um let's call nice. time on this here, and uh, we will see everybody on Monday. Good night. Sounds good. Cheers. Night, guys.